Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the unofficial SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is December 17th and together with Robert and Goran, we are here to talk about anything related to SAP on Azure. Hello, everyone. Hi. In today's episode, we have a very special guest, um, Jürgen Thomas. And together with him, we want to look back at 2020 and also glimpse at what will come in um, 2021. So Jürgen, you've been working in the SAP area at Microsoft for a very long time, um, starting way before Azure. Um, can you introduce yourself and maybe talk a little about your history and also with, with SQL Server, you worked a lot. So maybe uh, you can you can just introduce yourself. Sure, sure I can. Yeah, my name is Jürgen Thomas. Uh, you hear it on uh, my accent. I'm certainly not a native English speaker. Did not grow up in native English speaking countries. I'm born in Germany, spent more than three years in Germany, uh, joining Microsoft in uh, January 96 uh, in Germany as well. Uh, was sent to SAP headquarters uh, in February 96 to support SAP customers running SAP R3 on SQL Server, of which we had at that point in time probably a dozen or two. So was right at the beginning of, uh, of R3 running on SQL Server, also not that many Windows customers around at that point in time. In April '98, uh, I moved into the United States, uh, joining the SQL Server development team, still representing SAP as a workload, SAP as a customer in the SQL Server development. Over the course of the years, we build up a team uh, that uh, that is working uh, around the SAP workload with SAP workload on the Microsoft platform. So the the, the focus uh, was not only SQL Server; it expanded into Windows, it expanded into uh, Windows Private Cloud or Hyper-V Private Cloud. And as a natural, uh, as as things went, as technology developed, as Microsoft changed. We certainly picked up the topic of Azure as well, mm-hmm. uh, which meanwhile is is uh, very successful, quite successful. That doesn't mean that we disregard SQL Server. We still have SQL Server knowledge in the team, expertise in the team. Also, do have still certain responsibilities uh, around SQL Server and the SAP workload. Uh, same same is true for for Windows. Despite that fact, we expanded deeply in, in expertise into uh, into Linux and into HANA uh, and, and Azure, which is certainly from when we look at the team that I'm leading, that, that probably occupies uh, the Azure topic that probably occupies 70 to 80 percent, a good 80 percent probably of our, our workforce in the team. So yeah, it's it, it developed over time. Uh, was nearly 25 years now with Microsoft, and uh, really amazing to see how things changed. How we as a micro, how we as Microsoft uh, became a component and a very important partner for customers uh, running SAP workload. Meanwhile, not only in the platform, uh, not only in the infrastructure, but also in the integrations on the higher level integrations. With SAP, when we look at the office, when we look at, uh, at uh, Teams and, and other things, yeah. so really, really, really great ride so far. I mean, yes. and exciting, and more exciting than ever. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, just translate it. Jurgen Thomas is Santa Claus of SAP on Microsoft and SAP on Azure, you know. So we announced a special guest and somebody asked, would it be a Santa Claus? And I said, yeah, that's a good word, you know, for here. Yeah. It's going in that it's direction. Probably, yeah. That's probably my wife. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Santa Claus um, But Jurgen, you also have a basically part of the team sitting in Redmond and yeah. part of the team sitting in Waldorf or in yeah in the SAP headquarters in Waldorf yeah. right yeah. that is true yes so, so the team is split globally a little bit uh, there's a part of the team sitting in the US I need to say because not all the people that we have in the US are sitting with uh, with me in the Redmond headquarters of Microsoft uh, we have uh, even even over in Europe in Germany we know we have not everybody sitting in the SAP headquarters we have people in Zurich as, as well in Cologne one person we also do have an APEC representative with, uh, with Cameron who is uh, located in in Singapore so yeah we have a the team is is globally split has its has its own, uh, own kind of challenges with it but also huge huge advantages and that's that's why we want to keep it that way yeah i think i mean especially this sitting together with um with sap in in redmond for example yeah. i think that is pretty unique and i mean you, you said in the beginning um you joined microsoft but then you immediately started working at sap and yeah. i think that that also really shows i mean this is now over 20 years that you've been, yeah. you and your team have been working very very closely yeah. together with yeah. sap uh, absolutely, and then the other aspect is SAP as well as a team here with me in Redmond. There are four people of SAP sitting with, with us here as well. Uh, so that the deep integration that you know, this is not the case like since yesterday or since we started Azure. The team uh, that SAP has here in Redmond got established in 1996 already. So that that also is a, a long history of that team. And actually, there are still two team members in that team that were that were originally hired from SAP into these positions 20, 25 years ago or 24 years ago. So, so yeah, there's a there's a deep integration between the companies. On the one side, us uh, us having people build up a team over uh, over in the SAP headquarters, and on the other side, SAP already starting in '96, building a team up here that is still here even with two members uh, of the of the origin team so it's that's really remarkable mm -hmm. yep. absolutely yeah as mentioned awesome right and uh, more exciting than ever i mean if if uh, public cloud and asia you, you we change we change a lot right now and it's super exciting so it's not your father's Microsoft, how they would say, you know. No, no, no not only SAP on Windows and SAP on SQL Server. It's kind of no. you name it, we have it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's it's far more. It's far more now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I think one one thing that is also really interesting, really special. Um, your wife also works at Microsoft, which is okay. I think um a lot of um um. How do you say married couples work at the same company? But I think the interesting thing in your case is that, that um, she's working in a department that actually has to use what you are creating. Yes. So, yeah. yeah the, 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 the story is interesting in a sense because she was an SAP employee in Microsoft in, in Waldorf before. So that's where we met. 
uh, like 20 years ago. And actually, she was there in a, in a department that I was working with, the Advanced Technology Group in, in SAP. And so that's where we met. And uh, since, well, since I was settled here, and well, decisions were made, and the decision was that she would come over. And she started as a basis administrator, and our basis team became basis uh, team lead, that position that she held for, for quite, a, quite a few years before transferring or transitioning into an architect role, SAP basis architect role, a role that she still has uh, has today. So yes, uh, for the last 17 years, uh, we are creating and she's uh, she's consuming or produce, uh, consuming with her team, uh, which is very interesting. Uh, <laughs> we are still married, that's the, yeah. still <laughs> happily married. So good seems that, that we created something that is usable and i didn't get beaten up every evening no but the, <laughs> the, the relationship uh, it, it works out very well and it was very fruitful as well for us or is still fruitful for us because we are getting excellent feedback from that team i mean uh, think about microsoft we have a large sap real estate we are looking into i don't know is it 13 14 different sap applications that we have in production uh, mostly NetWeaver, obviously the, the obvious ones are cleaning, you have some BW, you have some uh, global trade services, uh, you have some uh, MDG, you have uh, conversion charging, you have supply chain management, so, so quite a quite a selection of, of uh, products that we have here from SAP, NetWeaver based, and at the moment most of them, one needs to say, are still are still running on SQL Server. And we started in the year 2016 already with that, uh, with our internal teams to really move first SAP systems, development systems in, into Azure and, and non-production systems. Uh, what, what was a big blocker up uh, for quite a while was simply the size of our business suite, the, the size of or the resource consumption that the database has on in our business suite in terms of resource consumption in terms of CPU that we need, memory that we need. So, so up into the year 2018, uh, where we in 2018 finally had our M series VMs qualified for SAP, that we were workload had the M series VMs uh, channel available. Uh, our IT was pretty blocked in, in, in regards to the largest production system of our business suite that has a close conglomerate or needs a close communication with the global trade system and the supply chain management systems. So we were tied a little bit to on-premise, otherwise our our folks around our basis team, our, our whole community, user community would have liked to, to move faster into Azure. But as, as the M series came out, uh, subsequently we moved the systems up and uh, they are on, on Azure now for I think complete SAP landscape for more than two years. Uh, no doubt about beyond my wife and I talking in the evening. We have regular <laughs> sessions with our uh, with our folks in uh, that run these systems. We, we we are available for them for for recommendations all the time. We, so that's that's super. I mean that's that's an awesome uh, awesome experience uh, and and really good gets us awesome background uh, or background and, and feedback and, and that 
we can use then out of my team and into uh, to to really structure the products and, and get new new functionalities into the products, prioritize product development as well, to get functionality that that suits running and operating SAP systems in Azure. Mm -hmm. so, things, yeah. like, like you said, I mean Microsoft is not small. SAP no, no, by far not. I mean, by far not. One should not underestimate the the, the landscape that we have here. I mean, it's a quite sizable thing. The whole Microsoft's business runs through that yeah. system, so yeah. it's and, the financials, everything. I mean, it's, and we bet on Azure. So, I mean, uh, all yeah, such absolutely. a huge criticality. I mean, one minute of the or an hour of downtime was like kind of millions or could be even a billion oh, if yeah. Microsoft would have it. So it's not a yeah. joke. It's not a dev test. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's like in many companies, uh, SAP, SAP, the SAP NetWeaver platform or now is for HANA platform. Also need to say, we, no doubt about, we are investing into S4 HANA as well. There are projects running. So it's now basically a dual thing as well, besides uh, 100 plus uh, SAP systems that are running NetWeaver SQL Server. There are already more than two dozen uh, S4 HANA systems out uh, that we are running as well. Certainly mm -hmm. uh, an interesting aspect uh, then transitioning into, into Linux, at least for the database server, we certainly keep the application layer on, on Windows. That's that's a configuration and architecture that's supported by SAP and done splendidly as well. Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, uh, HANA or the database is always a critical part. So you better understand what the operating system's doing, what you operate on the operating system. So we uh, we, we did uh, our team, our our internal teams are ramping up, and our basis teams ramping up on on Linux, ramped up on Linux knowledge quite well. A lot of uh, IP that they developed as well that I want to get hands on to publish as well. So that's, that's one thing where we need to improve a little bit, uh, especially around pacemaker operations and so on. So I hope that within the next half year I get get that IP and, and can publish that IP with the help of, of our basis folks. But I think for, for me that that is really one of the most exciting things or interesting things that that really the journey that Microsoft IT or whatever it's called now um, um, went through like like what you said um, learning Linux for the very first time learning HANA I mean if we look out there to to, to other customers obviously no one has HANA experience they, they come from SQL they come from DB2 they come from Oracle and now all of a sudden they have to learn um, um, HANA they have to learn Linux they have to deal with something like pacemaker for the very first time and that's exactly the process that the the SAP basis team at Microsoft also had yeah. to went through. Yeah. so Absolutely. I mean, the, there was a there is no no wavering or something like that. Or we are not getting an easy way out of it because we are Microsoft. We, yeah. we are just a, a, another SAP customer related to that, and uh, so decisions were made for 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 a certain Linux distribution, and uh, we then uh, admittingly we also then then asked that. Uh, or, we paid some consultants of that Linux distribution to uh, mm -hmm. uh, to be here and then and, and to do an initial jump start, uh, really educational sessions, especially then also around pacemaker. And uh, from there on, the team is uh, went ahead pretty well. And 
yeah, it, it is a challenge. It certainly is a challenge, and also running two different, many different databases. Yeah, uh, it is uh, especially with SQL Server, which was very hands-off in a sense, and uh, that is not exactly the case on on the HANA side, isn't it? So, so there is a little bit more involvement on on the HANA side in terms of administration than we were used with SQL Server. So, so the the tools. So we had Tobias Niekamp on on the show before. He, he talked about the Azure Monitor and also the Pacemaker Monitor. Or um, Philip Leitenbauer was also there, and he talked about the Pacemaker Check Tool or the Check Tool in yeah. general. I, yeah, yeah. I I guess a lot of these tools, or similarly. When we look at um, how to deploy and install um, an SAP system, which can be a fairly complicated um, step, yeah. I think there um, you and your team are also very much investing in, in, in improving the whole installation experience, providing yeah. these Terraform and Ansible scripts and all these uh, yeah tools to, to simplify the, the, the setup in general. I, I need to confess that it's not my tool at this point in time that's that's investing into that. There's another development team, a, a peer team of mine that is investing into that. Yeah, but from a strategy, it is clear. We uh, from from an automation point of view, in the first instance, we wanna we want to to get these Terraform Ansible uh, uh, modules out that enable customers to install, uh, lay down the infrastructure on Azure that necessary for SAP systems, and then on top of that, install SA, install SAP on them. And uh, it's not only, I mean, it should improve simply the experience by customers. We very well realize they are customer-specific things that a customer wants to do specifically, and that's that's why we. At the moment, focus on these on the Terraform Ansible modules that customers can pick up, that customers can orchestrate in change to a degree at their will and their requirements, because there they are often very different requirements when we look into customer requirements that are dictated by network infra by the network configuration. As, as we look in the, into the bigger picture with customers, one of the things that often shows up that the network infra or the network configurations, network layouts in Asia are very often dictated by by different by by other circumstances, security and so on that customers have within their company. So not every every layout, every configuration looks the same every or not every policy and, and yeah. that customers do have internally are looking the same when it goes around how do i deploy applications in azure from a from a network in the infrastructure point of view and so we need to get with terraform with the terraform ansible modules that we are publishing today in github in an, uh, in an open source project we need to make sure that these are adaptable to customers, but we already have, uh, on the other hand, that we have profound uh, functionality in there that really helps customers a lot from, a, from an installation point of view. On the other hand, we have the check tools, and the check tools, I think, uh, the check tools is, is super important to us because that is an area where I, I see most of the potential in uh, for us from a support but also from from preventing support from a preventive analysis saying look 
your your configuration has some issues. Like like we had a case with a customer last week uh, where, where Philips tool uh, that is pretty that grew pretty comprehensive. We used that tool uh, in a in a performance case, and it immediately spilled out twelve items that that were set incorrectly on the Linux operating system, like buffer sizes and network size, uh, network buffer sizes, these kinds of things, which we are pretty sure contributed majorly. Uh, these these misconfigurations contributed majorly to the uh, to the performance problem. So that is super important. I mean, that's also very super, super important simply from for those customers that come from Windows and are now going yeah. to Linux. And then yeah. they, admittingly, they, in the Linux space, they, <clears throat> there are more knobs and, and, and screws to turn and twist. And if, if, you, if you're incomplete in that, that, that can have a problem. And so that's why we are investing in that check tool or the pacemaker check tool again compared to the Windows cluster, many more configuration possibilities, which not necessarily is a bad thing, but it's also a thing that that needs to be very well under control and needs to be executed very well. And that's where the check tool is going to help. And that's that's why we are investing in, uh, into that space as well. Same with Azure Monitor, but we have uh, Azure Monitor for SAP. That's why what we want to achieve with it is that we can basically at the end correlate data that we collect from the infrastructure with, uh, with data that we, call, uh, that we are getting from the application at the moment, HANA, at the moment SQL Server, or uh, then having cluster check tool as well, giving us status on the cluster. So we want to correlate things that, that happen on the infrastructure that we can get up out of Azure Monitor with Azure Monitor for SAP data for individual components of, of SAP systems. As mentioned at the moment, we have HANA, we have SQL Serving, we have the Pacemaker cluster, in, but there's certainly plans to go to go further. It's just a development that we just started and uh, that we want to continue. But you would also, I mean, this is all part which helps to speed up the deployment and migration to Azure to help to prevent the error during the migration and even afterwards to yeah. monitor it. But also you have general uh, management area. Once you are in Azure, you need to manage it. And uh, yeah. I know you were working, for example, on SAP Llama, landscape management integration, yeah. and it's an example to for those customers who will go uh, one step beyond. So what what's, what are you doing there and what are kind of the plans for the future and how do you see it as a topic? Yeah, so, so basically Llama for us is, uh, is an important, important uh, product from SAP that, that covers the management and the operations part to a degree. And when we look at that, uh, that part, we, we often see uh, tasks like, uh, uh, like cloning systems, like refresh systems, where Llama does have comprehensive knowledge to do the post-cloning, uh, post post-refresh. Uh, tasks, which which are very complex. I mean, that's that's uh, that's a huge area there. Uh, where that also takes quite a bit of time. And, and if a customer wants to do that themselves, like older customers, like do have eventually scripted it all already, have the logic figured out. But for a lot of customers, this is like uh, they they don't have the capabilities or the resources to, to figure that all out. So Llama is a tool. Is is pretty attractive for that part. 
for us in Asia, it's it's attractive uh, as well, or, or quite a bit. And and we saw uh, llama uh, llama requests from customers coming up uh, as we as the customers ramped up in Asia as well, because it's llama has functionalities where I can automatically refresh system, close system, and we adapt it deeply into Azure. So from our side, we, we have development resources out of my team that work with the Lama development resources. Uh, we have a person's, uh, person in my team that uh, helps SAP also in, in the sales, uh, in, in the sales uh, cycle or pre-sales cycle to a degree in POCs with Lama on Azure. So plans that we at the moment where we where we think where we need to catch up there with Llama is a little bit in the Windows space. Llama as a tool so far did did shine very well in terms of the cloning of systems, in terms of, of refreshing systems quite a bit in in the in the Linux space. So we are working with, with the Llama development to, to catch up a little bit in the Windows space. And the other area that we are focusing that are Azure specific is certainly integrating new technologies like ANF, where we are quite down the road a little bit. Uh, we also are now looking into uh, cross-region uh, scenarios, how we can implement those in, in our Llama, uh, in, in Llama, so to speak, uh, refresh or cloning across region boundaries or, or refreshing across region boundaries. Because a lot of customers do have their their, their test system not in, in a different region than the production system because the test, uh, test system or the business regression test system is acting as, uh, uh, as the DR target as well. And so there we have this regional split between production and, and, and non-production systems. And we want to cover that with Lama as well, especially for the case of, of Asia. So that's, that's one of the developments that we have already ongoing and that hopefully then is uh, is going into uh, going into a GA product of Lama in uh, next year then. So that's that's it's a deep investment year. there. I think you mentioned many many stuff which which happened actually in, in this year but when you will uh, sum up everything and look back at 2020 what is your what you what you think what is our what we really achieve in 2020 when you look back? I mean, I, mean, I always, uh, I, I do have usually a little bit more an infrastructure point of view because that's like, uh, that's that's where my team starts. Maybe you're collaborating a lot with our, uh, with our uh, product, with the teams that we are integrated in. The storage uh, team, where I think ANF, we, we make big advancements there. Sure, we, uh, we already certified last year, but but this year we saw a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, demand on it. We created new high availability configurations that integrate with ANF. We had a first in uh, we had the first high availability configuration with with shared disk on the Windows side, mm -hmm. Azure shared disk. Uh, uh, then, from a from a VM point of view, uh, we we worked uh, through several different VM types. What we saw as well is that uh, our MV2 virtual machines really took off. So it, I'm quite surprised how how common they are leveraged. Uh, 
So we are not talking about like, yeah, they are they are they are like 50 VMs eventually out of that that family being used. It is really massive uh, the demand in that space and and also the, the utilization and and usage in this space. So there are a lot of customers that use six terabyte or even 12 terabyte uh, VMs. So that 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 surprised us a little bit. We we thought it would be a little bit lesser, but really really great for us. Uh, awesome awesome for us. And uh, yeah, the, the, in, in also the size of of the projects that we have, size in in terms of the the volume. If you're looking at HANA memory volumes, we have customers that are running S4 HANA scale out in Asia, uh, which is uh, which is remarkable. So, so especially out of the retail space, we have some of those customers. This is uh, really remarkable. And then on on the HANA large instance side, we shouldn't forget about that. Mm-hmm. We are the only, we are really literally the only hyperscale cloud that with the HANA large instance service is able to get you uh, obtain a certified unit uh, mm-hmm. with obtain. It's mm-hmm. like we're building out, uh, we're building out the the office there with obtain. That's that's one of the the things that we are going to. Well, I mean. We, we certify or the, the certification is still lacking a little bit for those obtained units, despite the fact that we have one already, but we have plans for having way many, way, way more. You can get way more out of HANA large instances. So from a purely from, from the configurations that we are offering, we, we can offer more. And so that will be one of the, one of the uh, big focus areas around HANA large instances. To get these these obtained SKUs that are on eight socket, twelve socket, sixteen socket servers, to get those certified with, with SAP HANA. So this is a really unique thing, uh, where we uh, where we with our uh, our hardware as a service HANA large instances can uh, have a unique uh, unique capability with, with uh, supporting obtained there. So that's 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 really I'm I'm proud that we we achieved that. With one unit last uh, this year already, just today we uh, we got the, uh, the the hardware directory changed again. So we now have uh, eight, twelve, sixteen socket units all up certified. So we went through a generation change in the in the uh, in the hardware that we are using. So most modern generation Cascade Lake units that we have right now. So we need to certify them with SAP again, and, uh, and today we, uh, the OLAP certification was achieved before. Today, the OLAP certification for those units got uh, got published, and so the next one is now uh, taking care of the obtained versions of those things. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 a pretty good achievement that we had there. As mentioned, also some some yeah uh, some other other areas uh, high availability uh, configurations where we improved where we have new opportunity uh, or options as well and uh, yeah i'm pretty basically happy also the network layer generally and proximity improved on the vm yeah. through the proximity placement and hli yeah. basically by bringing them into the uh, into the azure itself azure data center making yeah. close to the vms right so yeah exactly i mean that's yeah, this was 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 a pretty good year, I think. Next year is even more exciting. Uh, I mean, we we will see uh, 
there's definitely work going on on new VM series. Uh, we are expecting, and this is this 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 regular occurring thing which which customers can benefit from, is that with every every major change on Intel technology or AMD technology as processes as processes suppliers into Azure, uh, changes in the sense that they are getting more throughput per per process socket. Uh, they are getting more efficient in handling instructions. Uh, that we are able to basically improve the price performance ratio, as you saw with going from EV, EV3 to EV4. And that's one of the remarkable things in 2020 as well. We could uh, certify several EV4 sizes for HANA, like the like uh, the, the one with uh, the, the, the 32, the uh, well, the E20, E32, E48, E64. So, we basically can can even improve the TCO of, of uh, for the customer because like if you like go from EV3 to EV, EV4 that's a that's a 35% more throughput for as good as the same price of the of the EV3 before so that that is a thing that we will continue in, in next year as well that's already uh, well written on the wall we, we already have plans for that uh, there's a new generation of, of hardware coming in uh, from Intel that will uh, that will result into better throughput, more performance, and so on. So that's that's an exciting thing. And uh, then we are certainly looking uh, looking into some other areas where we have potential to give customers more performance for the same price, also in in the higher end. So so yeah. It's uh, it's pretty exciting to see see these things happening. But this is a bit also forcing the customer and partners who are managing to adopt a kind of cloud way of operating the stuff and versus the on-premise mentality, right? So maybe you can comment yeah. a bit. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a challenge basically. Yeah, no, no, it's a challenge because that's a discipline that that you like our SAP basis team in Microsoft. I mean, that's a new discipline that you kind of need to need to learn a little bit. I mean, the thing is, so far when you operated, you had a set of hardware that you knew that you could not get rid of for the next few years. Mm -hmm. And also from a sizing point of view, when, when you debated new hardware, new infrastructure coming in, might it have been storage, might it have been uh, your, your servers, you always had uh, had in mind, what is what is my workload going to be in three years from now uh, compared to what I have now? That that kind of uh, that kind is uh, kind of thinking is uh, in in terms of sizing certainly is gone when you move into public cloud or when you move into Azure, uh, unless you are at the bleeding edge that you have the the largest VM that that there is, and even then for 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 SAP HANA we have HANA large instances. Then when you go beyond the twelve terabyte that a VM can handle, uh, so uh, but but. Usually, when we look at, at the SAP system, the maturity is somewhere in the range where you have room to grow to with, with our VM sizes, where you're not on the on on the high end. And so, what 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 you do now in sizing is you you look at hey, what's probably going to happen in the next half year, and then you you take a VM that that 
fits into that, uh, that fits for that workload. And then you'll see as your workload grows in a half a year, yeah, I can jump to the next higher VM, to the next larger VM. Uh, that's, that's certainly something that, that a lot of teams that, that are administrated and operated SAP systems are not used yet. The other thing is really, as I just mentioned, we are going from one VM family to the next version of the VM family, uh, EV3 to EV4 that's out right now. And you're getting better throughput. Uh, you, you're getting uh, getting a better price performance ratio simply. And that that is then, that's where, where, where SAP customers to a degree are not used to is this continuous kind of questioning them, uh, questioning yourself, is my architecture still the most efficient one yep. with what I mm, could do? Mm. It's still the most optimal one from a price performance ratio. This is discipline that really uh, you need, one needs to learn and one needs to get used to, to a degree. And then there's certainly this, this kind of, I wouldn't say conflict, but there's this tension field between, yeah, do, get a, do I get my VMs as, as a reserved instance or do mm. I get them on, on PSU Go? And, then, and do I do a mixture of it? Usually what we see with customers is that they do a mixture of it. Mm. Some systems are reserved instances because it's uh, it's pretty clear that that they are remaining like that or there is a certain ground demand for a number of cores of that system that you don't go go below and but then the the rest of it is pay as you go and there's some freedom to eventually optimize things and that's like it's like a thing that that you're not naturally used for to when, yeah. when you're coming from one premise yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that, that Robert is really preaching to customers and partners all the time. <laughs> the way how you operate um, an SAP system in the cloud is, is, is different. I mean, there, there are new things that you need to learn, that there are new things that you need to look after to, to really efficiently um, yeah. run an SAP system. I mean, there are a lot of things that you don't need to care about anymore because um, of the way that you have migrated in now to the cloud. Yeah. But there are now other things, like you said, um, are there new virtual machine types available? Can I migrate? Can I update? Can I change to new services that are now available as a yeah. service on Azure and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, clearly. I mean, it's it's uh, it really is is a change, but hey, it's a change for the. I also see it as a change for the positive. I yep. mean, the, yeah, yeah, about that. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider it being a disadvantage or something like that. An opposite. Mm -hmm. I mean, as you mentioned, you there are functions that are. Uh, falling away, but there are new functions that eventually uh, that eventually raise and, and show up. But in a, in a positive sense, you you can lower the TCO of your systems. Exactly. That's yeah. very important. Yeah. And get the new newer stuff like yeah. this. So without yeah. waiting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah, as mentioned, will uh, be It'll be interesting uh, to see what we, we can achieve in 2021. Uh, we also, well, we, we also look into other spaces where, where you can eventually uh, improve uh, TCO, especially in, in the cluster space, I think. Uh, we, one of the things, if customers are using a lot of SAP, uh, SAP different SAP systems, and especially in, in hoster cases, it's the case 
then uh, it's becoming interesting to see where we can improve in, in the cluster space eventually so that we can reduce the number of, of failover clusters that you need. Mm -hmm. We have clustering already uh, supported by all the three operating systems, meaning Windows, uh, SUSE and Red Hat. Uh, we, we would like to drive a little bit further down that road and, and uh, see how we can reduce uh, reduce uh, a little bit more there in terms of VMs that would uh, lower the TCO quite a bit. Now, given that, I mean, we, we all know that uh, that your your impact if one if if one cluster then goes down is is larger, but that's that's kind of this decision that you need to make. But we at least would like to open possibilities there. So that's the so, point. What do you think when we are talking about those uh, not just legacy systems, but most of them are probably legacy systems? You know, when we are talking about AX world, do you see that world also coming in uh, one time in the future in the cloud also? In some form, I don't know what you mean. Some you mean uh, just to make sure AIX as a yeah, 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 exactly. No, so, I mean, you know. I mean, we we see that already. I mean, we, we clearly see that uh, where the, the the proprietary Unix uh, are kind of not uh, are discontinued, let's put it that way, on the customer side, or where they move into cloud is is forcing a discontinuation of them, and in most of the cases that we saw so far, customers were willing to uh, step over into the Linux world. I mean, we, we have like a, a classical example is here in the US, a huge entertainment company uh, that uh, that did that cut as well, purely on, on AIX and DB2, where they moved over into the uh, Red Hat Linux world and, and DB2 and moving into Azure. So there's, there's certainly a, a willingness uh, a willingness to do that. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's what we, uh, that's that's doable. We have another, another large customer case like that, where we see that that being done as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see what uh, what other how we well we, we probably need to see how we can can make the hurdle a little bit lesser, build up a ramp. Uh, we'll see what we we are going to do in in the year two thousand twenty one around this. Cool. It sounds like a lot of interesting things will well, also come in 21. Yeah, yeah no, 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 it is super interesting. And a lot of the things are, are really the, the smaller things. I mean, when you look at it, uh, when we look at the Azure storage, for example, yeah, I mean, we do have different storages, ANF being one uh, premium storage, ultra disk, which are the, the free storages that usually are in consideration when we, do, when we look into SAP workload on Azure. Uh, but there's a lot of things going on underneath as well that, that are often not visible. Sure, that storage remains, but performance uh, uh, changes in the software stack to improve the latency of, of the storage, uh, to improve operations of the storage. That's steadily coming. I mean, there's a steadily continuation of development. It's not like, like you're sitting there stale and, and there there are a lot of a lot of good functionalities that are in the pipe for the 2021 
that are going to be released around the storage space because of a continued development. I mean, clearly, yes, for you as a customer, yeah, you can, I, I create a VHD and uh, that's that's on premium storage, I attach it. It seems that, that yeah, that's, that's a stale thing in a sense, but it, it's not. I mean, underneath, we are steadily improving things. We are steadily working working on 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 performance uh, to reduce latency so there is a constant stream of functionality that you might or might not see that that might or be might not be exposed it's not that we we say hey, look we, we created that storage now now it's all done uh, let's lean back and, and think about what do we do next no that's not the case that's like the vms like vms where yep. you steadily get get new new functionalities, you get new VM families, you get the next version of a VM family, because we are able to to uh, uh, to go into innovation cycles that you as a, as a customer can afford with your infrastructure. And we can build on this, uh, these new innova uh, innovations in the hardware, we can immediately leverage those and expose it to customers in the form of better price performance ratios, in the form of new functionalities, that the customer has problems uh, adapting with uh, on, on the on-premise side. And so that's that's the beginning and this continuous development, this continuous innovation that we can provide. I think that that's exactly the point. I mean, typically customers see when we release a big MV2 or something like that. So, so when there are huge changes, but um, you don't see all these small continuous improvements that happen all the time. And, and yeah, some yeah. of them are maybe a little more prominent, but a lot of them are just happening behind the scene that I, yeah. as a customer running my SAP system on Azure, I just benefit from it ideally without yeah. even needing to do anything for this. Exactly. These are these are then improvements in availability, reliability, but as, as, as well in latency improvements that, that are, that are that are uh, rolled out all these kinds of uh, kinds of things smaller smaller things that that you simply get in a, get with, uh, with be running on Azure with having your SAP landscape on Azure so so really uh, really super interesting and, and really a huge difference to what you used uh, from from non-premise environment yeah uh, that's also the the exciting thing for 2021. As, as mentioned, we have things uh, things in the pipeline that we know already that this will will have a positive impact on on SAP workload on Azure, uh, latency wise, reliability wise, uh, price performance wise, TCO wise. So, so that's the that's the exciting thing. That's really exciting. And and you as a customer being able to adapt very 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 fast. We either don't need to adapt at all because it just comes under the hood. Mm. Or they having the possibility and saying, "Oh, there is this this new uh, version of this VM family. Oh, wow! Look at that, 30, 35 percent better price performance ratio. So let's let's work on it." Yeah. So yeah. How, how you think that that uh, I mean, most of the customers when they are going into cloud, they are going slowly. You know, SAP customer these big pro yeah. projects, yeah. And of course, they are living that journey through to hybrid scenarios. And we are yeah. heavily investing in hybrid scenarios. Uh, Azure Arc is just one example. 
So how you think that 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 Azure Arc story or that direction will reflect to our SAP journey together with our customers? Okay. I think yeah, well, besides it will have a positive effect in the sense that from an administration you can wait faster from a from an administration from from a monitoring point of view from a management point of view can get a unified tool a single single pane of glass for yep. it there is a so far in the hybrid space you had to work in the you basically work with with very often with two tool sets so you try mm -hmm. to adapt the 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 on-premise tool set to the cloud and and now with arc you really can separate that that whole whole uh, whole management operation a little the tool set of management operations a little bit and move it way faster into the cloud then you are able to move your instances into the cloud. And so you, you get way faster with that single uh, single pane of glass. So that's the, that certainly is an advantage that, that we are seeing with, with, uh, with ARC. And that, that's a very interesting aspect as well in, in, in easing up, the, in, in getting hindrance and getting blockers out of the way and making it easier and, and smoother to move into uh, into Asia. No doubt about if you uh, well, move into Asia in general, but also if you SAP. So we definitely see an advantage there. And uh, and yeah, the, the other thing as mentioned is you, you from a tooling point of view, it is it is way faster than and you don't live in dual worlds for uh, for a while. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on, on one tool I, I, set. I think this is a new way of integration we are talking. We always, when you refer to integration, we are thinking office and all those business yeah, processes yeah. stuff. True. But now we are starting very new way of uh, integrations on, on the infrastructure level for on premise, yeah. what we learned on premise, and now trying to combine that with new. Exactly. We have a minute of time, or shall we finish? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> one minute time or not? Let's wrap it up. Oh, and, let's wrap yep. it up, yeah. Um, it up. And, and maybe, maybe next year, Jürgen, we can have no. you again and we can look back and see what happened with Azure Arc. Yeah, and what happened exactly. With other we, things. Can, uh, we can look at yeah. that. Yep, yep, absolutely. No, so thank you very much. I think that was a perfect closing for this year. So this is the last episode of this year. We'll, we'll continue um, in, in January in 2021. Um, thank you very much, Jürgen, for, thank for joining Thank you for inviting me. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Thank it you. It was a pleasure. Thanks. So and we have a new year present for the outside customer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank Great. you. Okay. Good. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.